0: a couple weeks ago now, we started this series called The Helper. And we started talking about how the fact is that the Scripture talks about the Helper as the Holy Spirit. And a lot of times when we hear about the Holy Spirit, we get a little bit funny. We get a little bit freaked out maybe. Sometimes maybe some bad experiences you've had or others that you know have had, um, talking about the Holy Spirit or focusing too much or too little on the Holy Spirit or whatever it might be, makes us want to just kind of leave this one alone. But we've been talking about how that's really a huge mistake Because the Holy Spirit is the helper. And that first week we talked about this shocking statement that Jesus made. Jesus said, as he's looking at his disciples, these guys that he knows and he cares for so much, he's looking them in the eyes and he's telling them, look, I gotta go, but I'm gonna send someone. And this helper, this Holy Spirit it's actually better that I go so that the Holy Spirit can come and be with you. So if Jesus says it's better for him to leave so the Holy Spirit can come be with me, then i got to take him at his word. All right. So I think as we've been talking about the Holy Spirit, I hope that your heart's been opening a little bit if you've been resistant to the Holy Spirit. And I guess the other side of it is if you've kind of just been over the top Holy Spirit oriented and and there hasn't been the balance like what we kind of think is the biblical balance of how to use the gifts of the Spirit and, and be close to the Holy Spirit. And I hope you're kind of seeing what the Bible really has to say about this. Because often when we don't use the gifts of the Spirit or have a right relationship with the Holy Spirit, it turns people who have no relationship with God off very quickly. So I hope last week's message especially kind of helped open some of your hearts up to the Holy Spirit and others of you that maybe kind of didn't really see any guidelines on how to really have that relationship in a healthy way and help others. I hope it kind of kind of just balanced everybody out and then we can just take a step forward. So we've talked about the Holy Spirit being a good thing and a helper in many different ways. We talked about how the Holy Spirit helps us overcome sin, how the Holy Spirit leads us into truth, and then last week we talked about how this amazing thing happens. God wants to use you and I. Like sometimes maybe people come to church and they think, oh yeah, God will use the band and the speaker and the prayer team and those people, but I just kind of sit in a seat. Well last week we kind of just threw that idea out the window and said the Holy Spirit wants to use you us, all of us. He wants to use you. Maybe you think you're the least likely candidate. That probably makes you the most likely candidate. The Holy Spirit wants to use you in an awesome way. And we talked about the spiritual gifts. And we talked about how the Holy Spirit wants to use us to help others experience him and be built up in their faith. And we talked about what a huge deal experiencing God is. In fact, this past Friday night, Um, I help out at the green room, and Joey, our youth pastor, and Andrew, our worship pastor, do a great job with their team of just leading these 6th through 12th graders to God. They have way more patience than me, and they're way cooler than me, so that's good they're they're doing that. A lot more hair, too, but uh, anyway. So um, I I, I stay in my booth. I just stay in my booth, and I do lights and sound, and I have fun doing that, and let them be cool with the kids. But I was back there, and, and I was just listening to all these kids get up on this stage and talk about how on the winter retreat that they went on two weeks before, God had shown up in their life in a real way. Now, I grew up in a great church, but I grew up in a church where that didn't happen. Like, you didn't really get up much and say, oh, this is how God made himself real to me. This is how God just showed me he is so clearly there and he loves me. And again, it was a great church, but I just didn't experience that as a kid. So for me to sit in the back and see, like 20 or 30 kids get up on a stage and say things like this. I went into this retreat not sure if God was there. I went into this retreat trying to figure out what I believed about God and then have them say things like this. But on the retreat, God did such an amazing thing in my life that I know he's there, that I know he loves me. And the reason they experienced God like that was because our speaker and the worship pastor that weekend and our leaders used their spiritual gifts on this trip. They used their spiritual gifts and the things that God spoke through them and prayed through them changed these kids forever. In fact, there was this one kid that went on the trip and it was kind of the joke of the night how much God had done in this kid. Like everyone was like looking at this kid like, I can't believe he's serious about God right now. This this is incredible. Like God took that kid and made him care about him. That is straight up amazing. And so because these people said, you know what, we're just gonna ask the Holy Spirit to use us, all these kids' lives, I'm telling you, were really turned around. And the potential is there for you and I to be used by God in the same way to help people experience God and build them up in their faith. So last week we talked about what's called the manifestation gifts. And they're kind of the popular ones. They're the ones like you pray for the sick and they're healed. They're the ones like you pray and God really speaks through you in a powerful way with knowledge you didn't have or wisdom you didn't have. But tonight I wanna talk about some different gifts that are, listen, they're just as important In fact, if we had only the gifts we talked about last week and we didn't use the gifts we're gonna talk about this week, everything would be a complete mess and nothing would get done, okay? So the things we're gonna talk about tonight are really, really important. Now, here's what I know about you because I've thought this way you probably think the gifts we talked about last week are kind of like the rock star gifts. And these are kind of like the groupie, the roadie gifts. You know what I mean? Like last, last week, like the people get the attention and they kind of, you know, wow, look at what they did. Look what God used them to do. And then this week, we're kind of talking about the people that carry the drums, you know, from the stage. Which, by the way, just see Ricky get angry and go animal on the set and his cymbal flew off and that was pretty cool. But, um, you know, that's often what we, how we view these gifts. You ever, you ever get a gift that was really bad Like when I was a kid, I'm sitting at Christmas, I was probably like 13, 14 years old, and everybody's opened up their great gifts. And then my grandma says, Dougie and Jeanette, come here. Okay, and she says, Here, open this gift at the same time. Right now, that's usually what that means when someone hands you and someone else a gift, it says, Open them at the same time. That means it's the same thing. And when you're a 13 year old kid, you don't want the same thing your nine year old sister wants. Okay, so I automatically know this is probably not going to go so well. So I begin to open up the gift, and it's, it's a bag. There was a bag in, in there, and, and I'm looking at the bag, I'm looking at my grandma, like, Wow, you really are crazier than I thought. Like, why do I have this bag? And she says, Well, you know, this, this way, when you come to my house for piano lessons, you can have a bag to carry your books, right? And I, I, now, now, my mom made me take piano lessons for my grandma. So I hated that, and now I also hated my grandma because I had a bag to carry my books. Now, if that weren't bad enough that I had the bag, I, I want you to see what it said on the bag. Check out what it said on this bag that I was given. <laughs> going to grandma's. I'm like 14, you know? I already had facial hair. I'm like, that's a little girl, right? Going to grandma's, okay? And I just remember thinking, this is just the worst gift, right? I would get stuck with this gift, okay? And the truth is, guys, some of us feel the same way about some of the ways that God has gifted us. It's like so-and-so has a great gift, man. They had that awesome. They unwrapped that gift. It was exactly what they wanted, and it's just so cool and so awesome how God uses them. And I just got stuck with this other gift that I don't even want. Here's what I want you to know. It is so important and vital and necessary that all the spiritual gifts that God has given, that the Holy Spirit gives, are used together. And so tonight I wanna talk about some of these other gifts that may not feel that important. And my guess is some of you are gonna discover some gifts that the Holy Spirit's given you and you didn't even know you had them. You didn't even know they were gifts the Holy Spirit could give. And I want you to see what they are and how they're used and I want you really to understand and grab hold of how important they are because just as important as the gifts we talked about last week are the ones we're gonna talk about tonight and the gifts God's given you are meant to help others experience him and build them up in their faith. And if we kind of look at these gifts and think, eh, they're not that big a deal or I'm not gonna really use that or it's just not as cool as the other ones or whatever, then I'll tell you what, people are just simply gonna miss out on experiencing God and being built up in their faith like they could. In fact, let me say this. I would guess if you have a relationship with Jesus tonight, it's because several people in your life had these gifts and used them. And God used them in your life. And maybe you never named that or realized it or when they were doing whatever they were doing, you said, you're using this spiritual gift. Like, that probably didn't happen. But the truth is, if you look back, you would probably realize that the Holy Spirit placed several people in your life already and they use these gifts. And because of that, you're, you're stronger in your faith. You're closer to Jesus. Now, if you're not a follower of Jesus, here I am talking about the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about gifts and what does all this stuff mean. Here's what I want to tell you tonight. God loves you. Jesus died on the cross for you. He rose back from the dead. You might not buy into that, and that's okay. But here's what I want you to know. One of the ways you can know that's true, that God loves you and he cares for you personally and that Jesus actually rose back from the dead, one of the ways you can know that's true is when you experience God for yourself. And so as I talk about these different gifts that the Holy Spirit gives, here's what I would love to just kind of put out before you as potential. What if you experience God yourself? Not just somebody else, not just somebody like me up on a stage trying to get people to believe what I believe. What if you experience God for yourself? And then what if he wanted to use your life to then help others experience him too? See, that's the potential tonight. So nobody's left out. If you're a Christian or not here tonight, what we're talking about is a big deal and I hope that you'll just kind of listen in. So here we go, we're gonna talk about these other spiritual gifts, these spiritual gifts are sometimes called the motivational gifts or the ministry gifts, okay? So we're gonna look at Romans chapter 12 and we're gonna start out not talking about the gifts right away. We're gonna just remind ourselves of a huge key that we talked about last week. Romans 12, six says this, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. Remember what we said last week. Remember what this verse says. It says we have different gifts according to how hard we try. Now. It's not what it says. We have different gifts according to how talented we are. No. We have different gifts according to how much God loves us more than somebody else. No. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If you have a gift, it's not because you tried harder or you're better or God loves you more. It's because simply God's given it to you. Remember what we said last week. The key to unlocking these spiritual gifts is all about a relationship with the Holy Spirit. It's all about cultivating that relationship with the Holy Spirit. Who gives you gifts? The people in your life that you've cultivated a relationship with, right? And it's the same way with the Holy Spirit. When we genuinely love the Holy Spirit, when we genuinely love God and we're close with God, He's going to give us the spiritual gifts. Not because we've earned it, but because we're just simply close. We're relational. Remember what Alan Ross said? I want to read this quote again because I just thought it was so powerful. As I asked him, how do we develop these gifts How do we help our team members develop these gifts? This is what he said. They have to realize they aren't looking for something external to come to them. They have to realize the Holy Spirit is in them and will birth the gifts. This stops people from striving. And I just thought that was so powerful it was worth repeating again this week because this is somebody God uses a lot, right? This guy, Alan. If you've met him, God's probably impacted you through his life. And so we have to remember that this all starts with a relationship with the Holy Spirit and him giving gifts. Not us earning, not us striving, not us working, just simply his grace. Okay, so let's get into some of these gifts, all right? So it starts out, next part of verse six says, if your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. Now you're saying, wait a minute, Doug, we talked about that one last week. Okay, that's the one on the list that is also on the list we talked about last week, okay? So I'm not going to kind of redefine that, all right? So maybe you're looking at that first gift, you're saying, yeah, that'd be a cool gift to have, but but I'm just kind of like Joe Schmoe, Christian guy. I don't have those gifts. Well, let's look at some of these other maybe natural gifts. But look look at what the next one is, right next to it. Verse seven, if it is serving, then serve. And serve. Some of you guys have a heart to serve. Some of you guys have this thing in you that says, Man, when I see the vision that God's given the church or I see you know, homeless ministry, I see the potential to go impact that, I, I just wanna do that. I just wanna be there. Do you know that, that God put that in you? The Holy Spirit put that in you? And guess what? If we had a bunch of people who could pray for the sick and see them healed, but we didn't have anybody who could use the gift of serving, we wouldn't even have a church. You know Where would, where would we be meeting? Because there'd be nobody here to even open doors or lead us in worship or greet people or park cars or... If we didn't have people that said yes, I will use that gift. Maybe I can't get up and lead worship. Maybe I can't pray for people. Maybe, but I will open a door and hand somebody a bolt. And I will park cars out there in the parking lot. I will get up on the stage and I'll I'll play my drums. I'll throw cymbals like Ricky. You know, what I mean, I'll do whatever. That's a new team, cymbal throwing team. Um, you know, I I don't know what it is, but it's for you. But man, imagine the potential of using the gift. Some of you guys are using that gift. Some of you guys are on our team and you are you're just going for it using that gift. Some of you guys are sitting back because you just simply didn't realize that the Holy Spirit's already gifted you. Maybe you've been sitting there waiting. Like, when's he gonna gift me? When's he gonna give something to me that's valuable? Maybe it's already there. You're just sitting kind of waiting. And I'll tell you what, if you would just simply engage and go from sitting back to serving and using that gift God's given you, then you will help people experience God and be built up in their faith. That's so incredibly powerful. Next one. If it is teaching, then teach. Okay, now the Greek word here for for, for teach is gonna blow your mind. It literally means, and I want you guys to catch this. If you have notes, get out a pen. It literally means to teach, okay? You guys got that? You good like that? Okay. So this word is so I mean, it really is powerful if you think about it, okay? Um, no, but, but it doesn't mean you're necessarily doing what I'm doing. I mean, yes, that's true. There are some of you guys called to teach and preach, but it also means if you just teach like a friend, if you're just hanging out with a friend and they ask you a question about God and, and you can get into a conversation with them and help them understand how to read the Bible. Somebody comes to you and says, hey, this verse always bothers me. Can you help me get this? Why did Jesus say that? not seem like something Jesus should say if he's God. Why, why do you say that? And you can sit there and say, oh, I think you're misunderstanding that. And you can help them grow. Guess what you're doing? You're building them up in their faith. Some of you guys will be teaching in small group settings. Some of you guys will be teaching in the green room with, with kids, or 22-6 kids, the, the little kids. Or some of you guys will be in our adult community groups just teaching and using that gift that God has given you. And so whether it's one-on-one or it's standing up on a stage like this or a small group setting, use the gifts that God has given you, guess what? You will help people reach their potential in God, be built up in their faith. All right, the next one, I love this gift. I think it's so needed in the church. It's this, in verse eight, it says, if it's to encourage, then give encouragement. Now, I know I just made, a, made fun of translating into the Greek, but this actually is true and really powerful, so check this out, all right? The Greek word for encouragement, I think it's so powerful. It's the act of emboldening another in belief or course of action. The act of emboldening another in their belief, in their faith, or in their action. So so imagine being used in somebody's life, right, to help them do one of two things. Either embolden them or encourage them or strengthen them in their faith. Like, you can come along somebody who doesn't have great faith, who's struggling in their faith, who's doubting a lot, and you, through your encouragement, can build them up to the point where they're saying, oh, wow, okay, maybe I can trust God. Maybe it's somebody who's suffering greatly. They're doubting God because they've been through so much hardship, and you can come alongside them. And again, I'm not going to do that from the stage necessarily. You come alongside them, one-on-one, and you build them up in their faith, and you show them how God can be trusted. In fact, one of the churches that's really influenced our church a lot from down south is, has, this, has this kind of belief about every person that wants to be a follower of Jesus. They need someone in their life who in the hard times and in the dark times can keep pointing them back to the goodness of God. That can be you. Some of you guys have the gift of encouragement. like It's in you when you see someone who's down, when you see someone who's struggling, be it in their faith or just in general in life, it's in you to come alongside them and cheer them on and root them on and keep pointing them back to the goodness of God. The second way that you might be used by this, is says here in this Greek definition, it says that you can embolden people to a course of action. So you know what that is? That's you coming alongside somebody who's struggling to take what they know in their head and actually live it. You can be the person to say, okay, you believe in God? Well, cool. Let that impact how you live your life in this way. Why don't we trust God? Why don't we believe that God can do this or that? Imagine being the person that you can do this. Guys, it's a gift of the Holy Spirit and many of you have this. In fact, I'll tell you, as a pastor, some of the people I value most are those who are just simply the encouragers, you know? I mean, I think we know, just from dealing with the human race throughout our life to this point, that most people are jerks, right? Most people around us are not natural encouragers, are not gonna naturally build up. And I'll tell you, when there's people in my life who are encouraging, doesn't mean they're telling me always what I wanna hear, sometimes encouragement means even truth and love and saying something hard to somebody. But man, when there are encouragers around me, they build me up and they take my faith and they help me get to a place of action. The next one is giving. If it is giving, then give generously. I think a lot of you guys have this gift and I know that because we just gave away 95 bags of Christmas gifts to homeless people. Our our homeless ministry is continually getting more and more food and more and more supplies and more and more things donated. And some of you guys, that's you. You hear about a need and you're gonna give. You're like, I will never get up on a stage and speak, Doug. I don't, I, I don't wanna go sit and encourage somebody. That's just not my thing. But if I hear about a need, I will give. We have a couple guys in our church like that. They're just so incredibly generous. I had one of these guys on my youth staff when, we were, when I was the youth pastor back in the day. And anytime, uh, you know, he'd find out about a kid who couldn't afford to go on a trip give toward it you know he find out about a parent of a kid who was struggling there's a woman i remember that went through a divorce and, and he just began to give and try and help this woman and, and get her back on her feet and just so good he take like the youth staff out to dinner every friday night after the green room i actually found out his wife told him like stop doing that because they might feel bad that you're always paying i was like oh i, I feel good i feel you know <laughs> especially right here i'm good you know so, i don't feel bad you know i'll let you know if i feel bad i'm good you know but but just that incredible generosity and you know what, guys? This is why this is so important. Some of you guys are like, "What's the big deal?" Like, I'm just giving something. Like, some of you guys feel guilty about having the gift of giving. And here's why: you hear about a need, and while some people kind of rush to go and go out and be with the homeless, in you, you just think, "Well, let me give toward it. I can give. I'll put money in the save a life bucket, or I'll go buy a bunch of you know warm clothes or whatever." And you feel guilty about that. But here's the beautiful thing: can you just realize this tonight? Some of you guys, you don't have the gift of serving to go out there, but you have the gift of giving. And here's why this is so important. Jesus' strategy so often when he was trying to reach people was to meet their need. And when he met their need, they began to listen to him. You know what? When we go out to the homeless ministry, if you guys have been out on the trip, here's what happens. We go to the first stop and we literally pull up to a parking lot. And people come out of the woods and people come just down off the street out of nowhere. And because the church that we've partnered with has been doing this for like 11 years, they just know on Saturday at such and such a time, those people with the food are going to be there. You know what? If we showed up at that parking lot and this church hadn't been meeting that need for 11 years before we got there and we hadn't been a part of meeting that need for the last six months, there'd be nobody in the parking lot. Nobody would be there. We'd just be in the parking lot by ourselves, right? Like, why aren't people caring about Jesus? Well, we haven't met a need. But when we go and we meet a need, suddenly people like Steph and Matt and these people who have built relationships with the people whose need we're meeting, they're praying with them. They're able to talk with them about Jesus. They're able to tell them that God loves them. Those people wouldn't care what we had to say except for the fact that we've begun to meet a need. So if you have the gift of giving, then give, because God will help people experience him through you and be built up in their faith. The next one is, if it is to lead, do it diligently. Do it diligently. Some of you guys are just natural leaders. People just follow you. You know, you, you're good at casting vision. You're good at keeping people around, focused around a vision. You know, you hey, don't get too far off track. Come on, remember the vision. You're good at just pulling people back in and let's accomplish this. You're good at delegating. You're good at helping people get where they need to get and use their strengths, and that's a really good thing. Let me say this. Some of you guys have this gift. You're just using it in really bad ways right now, and the reason I can say that is because I was that guy in high school. Like, I was, people followed me in high school. They just followed me right to detention. Like, like I was always getting people in trouble, you know. I was, toilet paper in the bathrooms oh that's a great idea let's do that with Doug you know I mean we were setting up teachers classrooms outside in the field I mean just like all kinds of bad things and then my brother-in-law Will another guy who always getting in trouble at school right and, and now we're both pastors right and and in fact Joey our youth pastor he was in school and he went to the same school we did and one of the teachers said uh, are any of you guys related to any alumni who've graduated and Joey said Will Pavone and Doug Jansen? and he said that the teacher literally took a step back and shuddered like yeah you know <laughs> And then Joey almost burnt the school down, but God's using him now, you know? So I'll tell you what. Some of you guys, people are following. You're just leading them down the wrong road right now. But the gift, the gift is there. Imagine if God just turned that around. In fact, Joey said it Friday night, God so often takes those guys like me, like him, those that are leading people down the wrong road and suddenly grabs a hold of their heart. And when then they turn around, man, God... Does something powerful because everyone's looking back on week? Doug was that guy in high school who like got everybody in trouble. Like, what's he doing on the stage? Like, yeah, like, wow, God must be real because Doug's following Jesus. You know what I mean? And so (laughs) some of you guys, some of you guys seriously are on that road. And man, I'm telling you, just wait. Let the Holy Spirit grab a hold of that gifting and watch what God can do. The next one is this if it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. You know, when people suffer, it's like they're walking on a tightrope, and here's what I mean by that. One little nudge to the left, and they'll give up on God. But one little nudge to the right, and they'll realize he's still good. And they'll realize he still loves them. And sometimes what they need is just somebody who has the gift of mercy to come alongside them and hurt with them through the process and say, God still loves you. It's still worth it don't give up, hang in there. I'm telling you, there are people around you, those of you in the room who have that gift of mercy, your heart instantly breaks when you feel someone in pain. There are people around you who need you to nudge them toward God, and you know what? A message isn't going to accomplish that. Maybe a worship set isn't going to accomplish that, but you in their life could accomplish that. I was at a meeting with a bunch of pastors a month ago, and one of the pastors there, his name is Mike Lover. He's a youth pastor at Smithtown Gospel. And, and he was in the meeting, and he was just talking about just some people that he cares for that were so deeply hurting. And I tell you, as he was just talking, I just saw this, just such mercy in his heart. Like, there was just this, literally, this gift of mercy in his heart for the people in his ministry that he cared for that were just broken, and, and I prayed for him, and in that prayer, I, I said what was true. I said, God, I thank you for Mike because he has a gift that I don't have. He has a gift, and he's meant to be in that ministry to meet those people's needs in a way I never could. And so there are people here tonight that you could come alongside somebody who's deeply suffering, and you will reach them like I never could, like many of us in this room never could, and it's because the Holy Spirit has given you that specific gift on purpose, and so, man, I would just plead with you, would you use it? Would you let the Holy Spirit use you to come along those, alongside those that are in need and use that gift of mercy because they're walking a tightrope and you nudge them in the right direction, they experience God and they're built up in their faith. Now, there's one more spiritual gift I wanna talk about tonight and it's actually found in a different chapter. 1 Corinthians 12 and Romans 12 have a lot of overlap, but there's one spiritual gift that 1 Corinthians 12 mentions that Romans 12 doesn't, and it's this. It's in verse 28. It's the gift of helping. Some of you guys just have the gift of helping. When there's a need to be met, you're ready to be there. You're ready to do it. It's You know, you hear, oh, we're gonna be trying to build something, and you're there to build. Oh, we, we need help on this team or that team. Okay, I'll do it. I mean, it's really encouraging to me when I make an announcement about the parking team or the cafe team, and somebody comes up, and they're like, look, whatever you need, just sign me up. And I'm like, well, do you like that? Well, I don't really care. Just whatever you need, sign me up. Wherever there's a hole, I'm there to fill it. I'm there to carry that weight. Just put me where you need me. And some of you guys have that. That's in your heart to use that gift of helping. And I'll tell you what, when you use that, people experience God and people are built up in their faith. I know some of you may think like, oh, it's not a big deal to do this role or that role. It's not a big deal to be a part of this team or that team. It's not a big deal for me, not even to be on some team, but just in my life to use this gift or that gift. And I'm just telling you, if we don't have all the gifts together, because nobody has all of them, if we don't have all the gifts working together, if we don't have all of us on the same team saying, okay, our goal is that we reach Long Island with the love of Jesus, the unchurched, the churched, we all grow deep in our faith together. If we don't come together and do that, then we're gonna miss out on so many who need to know about God and need to grow deep in their faith. And so I would just ask you this question, what what are your spiritual gifts? Maybe I mentioned it last week. Maybe I mentioned it tonight. Maybe you don't know yet. And so if that's you, then the route you take is, it's time to start praying. It's time to start asking the Holy Spirit. Like I said in week one, the Holy Spirit says we're to, or the Bible says we're to eagerly desire the spiritual gifts. And so let's not sit back. Let's not just, let's not just wait. I mean, yes, God gives, but we're to eagerly desire. Maybe some of the reasons some of us haven't gotten gifts yet is because we're not eagerly desiring them and cultivating that relationship with the Holy Spirit. And so I just want to give you the same exact bottom line I gave you last week, because I think it's the same idea, that the Holy Spirit wants to use us to help others experience God and be built up in their faith. I don't know if he's going to use the spiritual gifts we talked about last week or the ones we talked about tonight, but I know he wants to use you he wants to use every single one of you who has a relationship with Jesus, whatever your gift is or your gifts are. I would just say tonight, would you say, God, I want to be used by you? Our teams are doing well. I'm not trying to get volunteers tonight. I'm not trying to, you know, say, oh, we're our poorest volunteer team, we're just falling apart. We're not. We're doing great. But man, how much better could we be doing if we would just say, all right, I'm going to be used the way that God's challenged me to be used and gifted me to be used. And look around, if you have the gift of mercy, the gift of encouragement, if you have these different gifts, look around one-on-one, who can you encourage? Who can you come alongside? Who can you help? Who can you nudge toward God? Because he wants to use you in powerful, powerful ways. If you're not a follower of Jesus, could you imagine experiencing God for yourself? I'm sure you have a billion arguments why God can't exist and why Jesus never could have raised back from the dead, because I had them too. But what changed so much for me was when I experienced God myself. And I was just talking with somebody yesterday who had some great arguments about God and great arguments about Christianity and Jesus. And and we talked all about it, and it was great. It was an awesome conversation. Toward the end of it, you know, he was bringing up some things he didn't like about the Bible and this and that, and here's what I said to him. I said, look, if you're asking me if there are things in the Bible I don't quite understand or sometimes I kind of scratch my head going, God, I don't get that part, then the answer is, yeah, that's true. But here is also what's true. I've experienced God. I've experienced the love of Jesus, and so here's what I do. When I see those parts of the Bible, when those questions come up, when those doubts arise, I go back to the fact that I've experienced a loving Savior and then I trust him on the parts I don't understand. And I think maybe that's the key for some of you. I'm not asking you to go blindly into this and, and just you know, decide suddenly tonight there's a God. I'm just simply saying once you experience God, you can begin to trust him on the stuff you don't understand. And then he can begin to use you in other people's lives. If I walked outside tonight and my car was gone and I started walking around saying, anybody take my car, like what's up? And somebody said, oh yeah, Andrew, uh, I don't know, I just saw Andrew run across the street and jump in it and drive away. Here's what I wouldn't do, I wouldn't call 911. I, I wouldn't call the police, I wouldn't you know, file a report, Andrew Muller stole my car. Why, because I know Andrew Muller And though I don't understand what he just did, because I know him, and I know he's got a good heart, and I know his motives are pure, I know I can trust the fact that he took it somewhere. I don't know why he took it, but I know it's coming back. I know everything will be all right. Maybe he's getting it washed, I don't know, right? But because I know him and trust him, then I can trust him on the stuff I don't understand. And when you've experienced God for yourself, then I think it frees you to be able to look at the stuff you don't understand in the Bible. Look at the stuff in your past where you suffered and you don't get it. And you can say, all right, I don't get this, God, but because I've experienced you and I know you're loving, then I can trust you on that stuff I don't understand. So maybe that's the key for some of you tonight. It's to experience God for yourself. And maybe that'll put to rest some of the doubts and some of the objections that you may have. And so let's use our spiritual gifts. We're gonna wrap this series up next week But let's eagerly desire the spiritual gifts and it all comes from cultivating that relationship with the Holy Spirit. Pray this week to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, would you lead my life? Would you direct my life? Would you show me what my gifts are? Would you show me how to use them? Would you help me to be sensitive to your spirit so that if I'm going through my work week and suddenly there's somebody in my office who needs me to come alongside them with that gift of encouragement or the gift of mercy or whatever it might be, that God, I'd be sensitive. And that Holy Spirit, you would lead me. Let's, let's let God use us. And people will experience him and be built up in their faith. Let's pray. God, we come to you now just wanting to be closer to the Holy Spirit. Wanting to enjoy you for who you are, God. Wanting to see how you could use us, God. I just pray for all the Christians in this room that have already experienced you and I just pray, God, that you will help us to be used by you to help others experience God and be built up in their faith. If you're a Christian, would you spend a few minutes, let me say it this way, if you're a Christian who who has experienced God, undeniably experienced God, he's made himself so real to you, would you spend a few minutes praying about these spiritual gifts? And would you just ask God, either, God, would you give them to me and make clear what you've given? Or, God, if I already know what they are, would you just help me to use them effectively? Just pray that way. If you're a Christian and you'd say, I don't know if I've really experienced God. I mean, I I believe, I'm not doubting God, but I don't know if I've had that, like, hands-down, flat-out experience with God. Then I would encourage you to pursue Him right now and ask for that. God, would you make yourself so real to me that I'd never doubt, that I'd never be able to deny. No matter how I suffer, no matter how, what I go through, no matter what question you know, I come up with as I'm reading the Bible, God, would you please make it so clear and so real to me that you are there and that you love me. And if you're not a follower of Jesus, I just give you the opportunity tonight to put your faith in Jesus if you want to. If you're not ready to do that, I'd encourage you just keep coming back here. Or do another church where maybe you like a different church better. That's great, just keep going somewhere where you can keep exploring your faith. But if you wanna put your faith in Jesus tonight, that I'd encourage you to just pray a quiet prayer something like this. Jesus, would you be my savior tonight? Would you forgive me for my sin? Thank you that you died for me and that you rose back from the dead. And I just pray that I'll experience you. I pray I'll see how real you are. And that then, God, you'll help me to help others experience you and that they would see how real you are. In your name, amen.